talking baseball. Klazuski, Campanella, talking baseball. The man and Bobby Feller, the scooter, the barber, and the nuke. They knew them all from Boston. It is the home run porch on the Mighty 790 and 104.7 KFGO. I'm Will Thompson, along with Kevin Kennedy. Yes. And we're here today. Madison Quinn may or may not be calling in. He's out on assignment uh, doing a documentary on uh, some summer baseball. Um, So we'll see if we get him later on. Uh, But let's just start right off the bat, Kevin. Not a fun couple of days. Brutal. Brutal. I Every time I turn it on, I I would turn it off almost immediately. It was a brutal. um, There was one point. I don't know if you noticed this, but you guys were texting back and forth, and I was just so fed up that I quit paying attention. And I looked at my phone a couple hours later, and there were 120 text messages just on that thread. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, when there's nothing to uh, to watch on television in terms of baseball, I guess all you can do is talk about it in, yeah. in big text threads. We got swept, if you didn't know, by the Kansas City Royals. They are now ridiculous, 32-75. and 75. Uh, They're two games ahead of Oakland at 30-77. and 77. I don't know if they were the worst team in the league when we lost that first game to them or not. I don't know what Oakland did the last couple of days. Yeah, I don't know either. But, but it's not good. No, it's, it, it's ridiculous that we... Well, Duran blew up. There was a whole bunch of there was just failure all over the field. Yep, it was the, not a, the only one we were close to winning was that first game. Yep, um, and we had a Duran blow up, uh, bottom of the tenth, and uh, fumbled away a potential win. But after that, I mean, both the other games, I mean, all three games, the Royals scored first, but we didn't even get close to to tying it up yeah. in the the next two. No, we we I don't understand this team. We work our way up to three or four games up. And they're like, okay, now we're going to create some distance. We'll run away with the division because it's a division to run away with. And then the next thing you know, it's like, oh, well, let's keep it interesting. I mean, I, I, I can't take it. <laughs> it's yes. just, this team's a nightmare sometimes. It's hard on the nerves. An- yeah. Another four-game win streak followed by now a five-game losing streak. Yeah. Worst of the season, this five-game streak. And things don't get easier. I mean, we play St. Louis coming up, who uh, is not a good team this year. And they've gotten even worse. Yeah. Um, we, we'll talk about the trade deadline here coming up after yeah. we talk briefly about the, the terrible sweep we we suffered at the hands of the other Missouri team. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, we and we play in, oh, wait, we play in St. Louis? Yeah, we play in St. Louis before we come home against, is that the Diamondbacks we play next? Yep. yep. At home? So uh, it just doesn't, it's just not looking good for the month of August. But everybody's got to play, so... Well, I would say that we are at the low point right now. I, I hope so, because I thought it was right before the All-Star break. I hope you're right. Well, if it isn't the low point, then I think things will quickly go off the rails at, at the very yeah. least. But it feels like a low point. I mean, you know, in hindsight, the sweep at the hands of the Orioles isn't as bad as it felt in the moment, because they went on to win, like, you know, just as many games as we had won yeah. over a 10-game span around then. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It, it it hurts a little less, but it's it's hard to square getting swept by the Royals. No, no, you shouldn't get swept by the Royals ever. Yeah, you know, even when they're good, you shouldn't get swept by them. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't I don't know what the answer is for that. I mean, your 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 hope is we just get to the playoffs, and then anything can happen in the playoffs. But so, how do you feel about the trade deadline, Kevin? Because there's a lot of mixed opinions, I would say, in the fan base right now. Well, what what is what is here's what I think. I think we have to go after somebody. Now, what do we have? It's Eastern time, right? Is it midnight Eastern time or is it midnight Western time? Uh, it'll be six o'clock Eastern tomorrow. So we're just oh, about twenty three hours. Okay, yeah. tomorrow. I thought it was uh, I thought it was midnight tonight. 
Um, so we have another day then, basically. And if, and the the trade uh, market's been going crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, you were, the second I stepped in the door, you were like, oh, have you seen all the trades? I hadn't. And you were like started reeling them off. I was like, okay, what about the Twins? Well, they haven't done anything. And people are trading for just prospects. They're unloading good guys for prospects. So, I mean, there's some, you know, you've kept saying Paul Goldschmidt's the guy to go for. And now I think you're probably more realistic than ever that that could be the case. But I've learned when I predict something, then that never happens. So I try not to predict, even though I hope. So, <laughs> Well, I if they do end up going after Goldschmidt, I'll be pretty vindicated because I've been saying it for most of the season. Yeah, that, you have. That he'd be a good target. You have. Um, other than him, though, I, I mean, you have the Angels, the Padres, now even the Cubs are trying to buy and compete. Yeah. Um, so there's not a lot of talent out there. Mm-hmm. Um, Goldschmidt isn't, like, being considered as available, quote-unquote. I think that he might be for the right price. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the top bat on the market was Jamer Can- Cambolaro from uh, the Nationals, and the uh, uh, the Cubs pivoted and bought him. You know, eight days ago, the Cubs were going to sell. Cody Bellinger was the best bat on the market. Now they're buying the best bat on the market. So I don't even really know, outside of Goldschmidt, who would even really fit with the Twins. I I don't either. I mean, obviously what we need is we need relief pitching, but I I don't know who's out there that's even worth going after. You know, there's a you you mentioned a closer earlier, but we don't— we need middle innings relief is what mm-hmm. we need. And so we don't need a flashy name for that. No. Um, Seawald, the closer for this, the Mariners just got traded about 20 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that was ever anybody we would be looking at. Um, so, yeah, a, a couple of relievers. And then in terms of bats, I mean, uh, Tommy Pham is maybe someone that makes sense from the Mets, but it looks like the Yankees are going after him pretty hard now. Where are the Mets? Oh, the Mets are, oh, they're 18 games back. Why are they out of it? Yeah, they, they still have the biggest piece to be dealt. The biggest domino left now is Justin Verlander. Is Justin Verlander, the, the reigning Cy Young, um, having a, a really good season so far? He was a little injured, but having a pretty is good that the, season. Are they talking about unloading him? I mean, didn't yep. they build this team to win this year? Wasn't that the whole Well, idea? they did, but they've already started unloading. They they traded Scherzer to the yep. Rangers. Canna, uh, Mark Canna, just went to the Brewers about 20 minutes ago again. Oh, um, so the, And Robertson to the... Uh, the Mariners, their their closer. How big is Verlander's contract? So Verlander is got forty two million this year, forty two million next year. That's guaranteed, and then it's a vesting mutual option for the year after that. And it sounds like that year is what's causing the problems. So it looks like Baltimore, um, as well as the Padres, who need to do something if they want to compete, are the two teams that are going really hard for him right now. And that third year is where the, the hiccup's at right now. Because there's no way we're going to spend that kind of money on him, so he's not no. going here. No, and it was reported that they are going to value Verlander a lot more heavily, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, he's reigning Cy Young, having a good year. Um, Scherzer was gotten for the number 44 prospect in the league, and they took uh, they kept most of the money. Mm. Um, so we would have to take all of the money and probably still give up, you know, probably Brooks Lee to get him. So mm. I don't think Verlander is an option what the, he's what he's 40 he's 28 39 what hell is he i believe he's 39 because i think he's 42 at the end of the contract which that seems like an insane contract for that age yeah yeah well the, the mets made it because they, they're still playing bobby bonilla and he hasn't played in 20 <laughs> some years so well they, and it worked out with scherzer you know they turned yeah. cash to a vested veteran into pro, a good prospect yeah and you can't technically buy prospects but you can do it in that sort of roundabout way yeah 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 so, I, I mean, I, I don't think that the Mets are mad about the money they spent. I think they're probably more mad about the uh, 
what would you say 16 games under 500 or something like that? Yeah, I just looked at it. They're well, they're not. They're 18 games behind oh, first place. They're they're only five games under 500, but the Braves have run away with that division at 67 and 36. They're, the Braves are 11 and a half games in first place. So, you know, the Marlins are in second. They're 57, 49, and they're 11. I mean, that's that's an awful big gap this late in the season. I mean, it's it's overcomable, I guess. I don't know. But and that that whole division was built to win. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, I know the Mets went all in on winning this year, and that's not happening. So I don't know. How would you feel? Because the reports so far have have been indicating that they're at least listening. How would you feel if we took one of Sonny Gray or Kenta and, and dealt them? Yeah, I Dallas heard the Sonny. I see. I think Sonny Gray is one of our future pieces. I don't know that. I mean, if we got something of equivalent value back, I can see that. Who's the other guy that you mentioned? Kenta Maeda. Yeah, so Maeda. I'm, I'm fine with with him going. And and is the question: Are we going to sign Sonny Gray after this year or not? If we're not, then maybe we unload him. But we have to get something that can help us this year. Yeah. And I, I hate when they get. Oh, we got five prospects. Well, they're all in Double A and Single A. Well, okay. Well, that doesn't do us any good this year. If they traded Sonny Gray, I feel like it would be to recoup value, but it would be in addition to making other additional moves, mm-hmm. um, you know, adding to the team. Do you think anybody's in the market for Kenta Maeda? He's what? been really good. I mean, I know, uh, yeah, recently, yeah. Uh, he, he's arguably, arguably been better than Sonny Gray since he got back from the injured list. Um, you know, there's a lot of need for starting pitching out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Savali, Aaron Savali from the the Guardians gets traded um, and he goes uh, for uh, I want to say he was the the Rays the Rays number four prospect okay um, so are, are we you know are we going to be able to take advantage of a seller's market maybe I, I think that's kind of where those rumors are coming well from. the question becomes then if we trade him do we get another starter back or do we get a bunch of bats and if we get bats who do we send down to the minors. I mean, there's obviously people that we can, but I don't know who those people are. I mean, we've we've batted around names left and right. I actually thought that putting Joey Gallo on the block was a good choice. Yeah. You know, if we could get something that, that's a little more consistent and day-to-day and all that, I would, I'd be fine with that. But I don't know. You, you guys also mentioned Kepler the other day. I, I love Kepler, but I can, you know, we just need – We've been hitting the ball since the All-Star break, but we haven't been winning the way, well, these last three games. I just keep going back to that. So, I think I would agree that Gallo should either be traded, um, and it's hard because if you can't find a trade partner, maybe yeah. you just DFA him at that point. So it gets hard to find someone that you'll take him then. Um, yeah, but then, then do you get anything for him if you DFA him? Do you? I mean, nope. No. And do you have to pay him? Yep. Yeah. See, there you go. So, the, I mean, basically, maybe we can offload him and not pay him. I mean, that seems like the best case scenario for yeah. Joey Gallo. I, I think Kyle Farmer is a guy that maybe can get moved too. Yeah. Um, he's kind of, he, he was supposed to hit lefties and he hasn't. So is the hope of, if you DFA a guy is the hope that, um, for those of you that don't know what DFA stands for, a designate it, for assignment, for assignment. Yeah. Usually the hope in that sort of situation is that somebody will see him free as a free agent there and pick him up. Right. Because they, then they don't have to give anything up, and they go, "Oh, we can just snag this guy up." And no, if you DFA him, that's when you've thrown your hands up. You're responsible for the salary at that point. So even another team picks him up, they don't. We have to pay the salary. We'll pay what we owe him, and then they'll pay him like veteran minimum, basically. Okay. Yeah. So okay. 
if we do trade him, it would probably be a salary dump. Um, you know, he's still he's been above league average as a bat. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I haven't been dis. I haven't been unhappy with him, but you know, I've been unhappy with the whole team with this right. and that's been the problem. He just doesn't work with this team. It, it's too many strikeouts, um, and there just needs to be a change in that regard. I would yeah. say. I don't know why they haven't. But I mean, well, they seem to have ju- done some juggling since then. Walner's back up and. We've been changing up. I mean, Correa hitting first has been a, a smart move. Who thought would have thought that a couple months ago? So, Well, you're listening to The Home Run Porch on the Mighty 790 and 104.7 KFGO. We'll be back with some trivia. Got some good trivia for you today. And we'll see if anything is breaking in terms of the trade deadline. Uh, and we'll bring it to you live. You're listening to the Mighty 790 KFGO, Kevin Kennedy, Will Thompson, here with the Home Run Porch. Uh, it's time for our question of the week. Um, I Will is going to give us some great info about uh, Luis Arias and the chase for 400 a little bit later. I was toying with, how can I mold a question to deal with that? And I spent all last night while I was here, and I didn't come up with anything I really liked. Um, and then I was sitting at home today, and I came up with it. I just was looking at some other stuff, and I go, wow, that would make a great question. Um, plus, I know, Madison, if you're listening, you would have no idea. If you are interested, <laughs> please don't cheat and look this up on the Internet. Uh, but Texas sent 35270 on our text club line, and I will and put your name with it, your first name, and I'll shout out that you maybe got it right or we'll throw it into the mix. Um, okay, so here's the question. Only five professional athletes were drafted by three different pro U.S. sports leagues. Mm. Okay, so five. Now, my question is, who are they? But here's the thing. Four of them didn't, did, ended up not playing baseball. Okay, oh, so I'm okay. going to give you those real quick. You're not going to know any of them. I didn't know any of them. Uh, Dave Logan, uh, by the way, born in Fargo. Dave Logan played for the Browns from 76 to 83. Uh, he he was drafted by the NFL, NBA, MLB. Huh. Um, he uh, uh, has been the the radio guy of the Broncos for the past twenty three years, so that's kind of his claim to fame. Uh, the, you'll notice that all all of them were is, is basketball, football, baseball. Nobody was hockey. <laughs> so, <laughs> it doesn't really overlap. No, right? the, the, the the overlap right. Football and and basketball, I get, but the baseball is a much more technical sport. So uh, George Carter, I have no idea who that is. Ended up playing basketball. Uh, Noel Jenke, um, played, uh, football for the Vikings okay. and years ago. And then Mickey McCarty, uh, played football also. Okay. So this person played baseball. Uh, you will know who this person is. So he, he was, uh, drafted. He was actually drafted by four professional teams. Oh. Um, I'll give you this hint. He was, he was drafted by baseball, the NBA, okay. The ABA, which will give you a time period, yep, yep, and then uh, also by a football team. Incidentally, never played football in college and was drafted to play for a team. And he was still so still drafted. Interesting. Okay, well, this yeah. has to be an athletic marvel then. Yes, if they got drafted in a sport they didn't even play. Yep. 
Um, and if the ABA and NBA are involved, I'm going to say it's before like the 70s or in the 70s. Yes, that would be that would be a good assumption. Okay, yep. so and they they got drafted to two basketball leagues, a football league, but they played yep. baseball. Selected in the first round in baseball, I'll give you that. I'll give you the, the, okay. those stats. Selected in the first round of baseball, fourth pick overall the year he was drafted. Uh, fifth round uh, in the NBA by the Atlanta Hawks. Okay. In the sixth round in the ABA by the Utah Stars, and in the seventeenth round by the Vikings of all teams. I don't know that they go up to seventeen rounds anymore. Well, and they, they don't go, go up to six in basketball either. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah, that's right. So all of the drafts have been shortened, and that yeah. is for the better of, of everybody involved. Doesn't um, does baseball still do fifty rounds, or they cut that down too? They've cut it down to thirty after the pandemic, um, mm. which I think is fine. I think that's. Probably I think it's fine too because sometimes. I remember years ago when the uh, Twins drafted Toby Gardner, Ron Gardner's kid, in the I think in the fiftieth round. Right, and they, sometimes they do that more as a uh, favorite old person than anything else. Yeah, you know, it's like they, it's like the football players that want to end their career with the team they started out with, and they sign a one day contract. Yep, same you know? energy, yeah, exact same energy, same, same kind of thing. Well, I don't know about this. This is a this is a tricky one. I, I mean, my initial thought was someone like a Bo Jackson. Uh, but well, Jackson, good guess. Um, played professional football and professional baseball, and maybe he was drafted in the yep. vas- no, nope. no, nope. so, nope. but that, yeah. that I, I figured you'd guess that one. There's another one that played both sports. Um, uh, Deion Sanders, Deion Sanders, uh, very yep. famously another played good, both. Another good, good one, good guess. But he also very famously hates basketball. Yes, uh, so true. <laughs> and is is losing toes as we speak? There's there's talk that he might lose his foot. He's got some yeah weird disease, but I, I'm really curious to see what he does with. With Colorado, so I am too. I, and you know, uh, you know, wish the best for Coach Prime. Yeah. Um, Coach Prime. <laughs> Did the players call him that? Yeah, yeah. Do they really? They do. Good for them. He's he's done a good job of marketing himself. Well, that's how he got a you know yeah. power five head coaching job so quickly. Yeah, true. True. <laughs> but yeah, I I mean, <sighs> okay. So let me give you a few hints on this. See if anybody's. Oh, uh, somebody with a two one eight number got it right away. Whoever really? was a Texan, you. Got it. Two minutes ago, you text in. You did have it right. I'm not going to say it out loud because uh, um, let me give you a few things about this person. Played 22 years. Okay. Okay. I think this is one of the most amazing uh, facts about this this player. Never played one second in the minors. Got drafted out of college, immediately started playing pro ball. That's very uncommon. Ex- yeah. Extremely uncommon. Now, played four years of college baseball, so he had some some, you know, but even even that, these guys go in the minors for years. They may jump up a little bit quicker. But you know, even somebody like Strasburg, who was great in college ball, spent some time in the minors. So. Well, yeah, he spent two years in the minors, and, and they yeah. thought it was revolutionary that he got up after two years. Yeah, um, yeah. Aaron Nola is the guy that kind of changed the modern idea of that. Um, he got up less than a year after he was drafted. Really? Yeah, he, he played in both the College World Series and the World Series in the same calendar year. Only person to ever do that. This person played in the college. They didn't win it. Okay. Uh, played in the college. Let me tell you. Uh, uh, what was I just gonna? I'm looking at my sheet here because I've got a ton of stats and things on it. Uh, this per- oh, I know. This person was drafted as a uh, pitcher, okay. but never played pitcher. Dave Steeb. No, but that's a good guess. You're in the right era. Oh, I, I went backwards. He was oh. drafted as a hitter, and he never pitched. Oh, that's, oh, that's why. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I got really excited for a moment. I was like, I know. This. I didn't know this until I did my research on the animal a while ago. This guy, 
was drafted as a pitcher and was a good hitter too in college, but you know, where you play every position. Um, and I'll give you this. He was a right fielder, Hall yeah. of Famer. Oh, see, it's right on the tip of okay. I was it Daryl Strawberry or no, but that's a decent guess. Uh, a little, a little bit younger than him. I mean, a little bit older than him, I should say, the other direction. Okay. And I w- okay. it wouldn't so, be Dave Winfield then. It is. Dave it, is Winfield. Oh, it is Dave Winfield. Let's go. Yeah. Let me tell you a little bit of things about Dave Winfield. This, okay, I've met him once. He is, he was, you know, 50-something when I met him. Uh-huh. I saw him at some, I don't even remember what it was. It was some twins thing I saw him at. Him and his brother. His brother is just a big 6'6", 220. And he was a specimen then, and he was in his 50s. Wow. Uh, just a large, large man. Um, yes, that was a great guess. So he played 22 years, uh, 31-10 for hits, 3,110, which puts him 24th on the list. Wow. And how many uh, 3,000 hit in the 3,000 hit club? Uh, there's 30? Yeah, 33. 33, okay. Yeah, only, which I think that's still a number that's you. You know, that's a oh. Hall of Fame. Group. If you get 3,000 hits, yep. you're in the Hall. No questions. That's, uh, that's what I say. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Actually, a couple questions about your personal use of steroids and stuff like well, that. Well, yes, of course, <laughs> of course. Uh, 465 for home runs. Very good number. 36th on the list. I just checked that out. Wow. 283, bad and average, good. Um, 1833 for uh, RBIs. Um. On base percentage, 353. I mean, that's, that's, is that that's pretty good? Okay. I would say anything above 333 is, is pretty good. Okay. And what about slugging? What's a good slugging number? Um, I mean, anything above 550 is pretty good. Anything okay. Above, so his is 475. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. That's okay. not bad. That's fine. What about OPS? Um, anything above like 750 is probably pretty okay, good. Okay. 827. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's and pretty OPS good. plus? Um, I'm gonna guess for a career he sat 141. What's a good What's a good number in that category? So when it comes to OPS plus, 100 is league average. So if you're 15 percent above league average, you're probably good enough to be an all star. So you're at 115. Yeah, if okay. you're at 150 for your career, that's probably Hall of Fame bat. Okay, level. so he's 130. Yep, that's pretty good. It's 30 percent better than yeah. league average over a 22 year career. That's that's pretty yeah. good. <laughs> so. Played for six teams, Padres, and then infamously, famously, infamously, and famously, I guess, got signed by George Steinbrenner uh, for the Yankees. And at the time, played for them for 10 years, 81 to 90. Well, one year he didn't play because he had back surgery. Um, at the time, signed a contract in 1980 for $23.3 million, which equivalent today would be $81 million, which when you look at $81 million today, a lot of money, but that doesn't even put you in the top 10. I mean, for a 10-year contract. Because wasn't Joe Mauer's 180 for 10 years? Wasn't his that? that? Uh, I believe it was only eight years. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, you want to you'd go back to probably the mid 2000s to have that kind of salary. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, the the players are getting a bigger cut yeah. of the pie. So he he, George, there there was so much stuff about him and George Steinbrenner not getting along. George Steinbrenner signed him, and basically got rolled by, by. Uh, Winfield's agent. Mm. So he originally signed it. I think that this the contract was for $15 million, but there were some back-end things and stuff like that that George didn't understand, and so it ended up being $23 million, and George felt like he'd been had, which is kind of funny for an owner to feel that way. <laughs> um, and he famously said this. He goes, where is Reggie Jackson? We need a Mr. October or a Mr. September. 
Winfield is Mr. May, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Um, interestingly enough, George Steinbrenner has been suspended a couple times, and one of the times he got suspended was he was there was a gambler that said he had some information that he's willing to sell Steinbrenner about Winfield. I think it was an 89 or 90. And Steinbrenner promised the guy $150,000, and he gave him a 40000 and the guy went public with the with the deal, and he went in front of the commissioner and he got banned from baseball for two years. Wow. Yeah. So those of you that are not big Steinbrenner fans, the uh, I, one of the – I was looking for a good clip from him when I was looking earlier, and there's a lot of clips – but the one is in 1980, he was playing for the Padres, and Nolan Ryan was playing for the Astros at the time. And <laughs> it's funny because they sh- there's a video of the of the fight. There's a, there's a brushback pitch, and uh, right away, uh, Winfield takes a couple steps towards the mound, and he's yelling at him, and he's waving the bat at him, and the catcher comes up behind Winfield. And Winfield is a, just a big man. And catcher comes up behind him, like, you know, ready to grab him. And he stiff arms the guy, just pushes him out of the way, just like it's nothing, just throws him back. Yeah. And the ump, and just, uh, Winfield's not even running towards him out. He's just taking a couple steps. Uh-huh. The ump comes around and he, he does like a forearm, sort of wipes him away. Uh-huh. And now he's mad because Nolan Ryan's saying stuff. So he runs the mound and. Nolan kind of gets in his stance, and Dave takes a swing. It's not solid, but he hits him pretty hard okay. on the back. And, and guys are, you know, it, it, they're converging as the punch is thrown, so they jump on him. And anybody that remembers probably the most famous fight in baseball is the Nolan Ryan, um, uh, Robin Ventura fight when when I think I think Robin was twenty three, maybe in his twenties, and, and Nolan was in his forties, and he rushes the mound and and. Nolan Ryan's just standing there like, come on. And he just gets him in a headlock and just starts uppercutting him and just makes work of the guy. And that's probably the most, I think, the most famous fight in baseball. And Nolan Ryan talking about the Dave Winfield fight says, says, yeah, after that fight, one of my teammates, I forget who he said it was, said, don't ever, don't ever leave yourself that vulnerable to get punched again. You got to start the punches. And so that's what I did after that. And, and so you think of that when he has the Robin Ventura fight. So okay. That was kind of a famous one. Yeah. Famous one. And, and some of the guys, he had a thing about it 20 years after. He says, you ever talk to Nolan? He goes, oh, we laugh about it now. <laughs> he goes, we were at the Hall of Fame. They got in around the same time. We were at the Hall of Fame joking about it and stuff like that. And he said, but, it, but yeah, he, he got a good lick on Nolan Ryan. And Nolan Ryan had been playing for 11 years or 12 years at that point. So he was no softy or anything like that. So. Right. Couple connections for for you. Uh, he went to St. Paul Central mm-hmm. from the cities. I went to the University of Minnesota. Won a Big Ten championship in '72, and got his three thousandth hit with the Twins. The Minnesota Twins. Yes, we do that a lot. We we have a yeah. lot of him, Molitor. Who else? Um, some other ones. Yeah, I don't think, think Rod Crew got it with us, but no, we 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 traded him away. Yeah, way ahead of that. But it's it was a couple. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which is pretty cool. They're Hall of Fame guys, so. Yeah. So anyway, there you go. There's your question of the week. We had a couple people. Uh, oh, another person said they got it. Uh, no one's putting their names on there. So uh, another person got it. Good for you. Uh, we will be back in a moment with more of the Home Run Porch.
You're listening to The Home Run Porch on the Mighty 790 and 104.7 KFGO. You can text in at 35270 on this, the eve of the trade deadline. And we're looking around the league at some old friends. Uh, Kevin asked me to look at Luisa Rise's stats. And so we we have. So let me pull these up here. <laughs> Boy, he's amazing. Base hit right field, Luis Arise. He's seen two pitches, has two singles. On this one, he's tied the game. Luis Arise drives home J.D. Martinez, and it's tied at one in the fourth. If I needed a godfather for one of my kids, it would be him. <laughs> he seems like the perfect family man, too. Oh, yeah. Um, so Luis Arise continued his hot hitting after the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. Um, and since the All-Star break, before yesterday, he had been hitting 500. Um, and that brings him back in the realm of possibility where um, where 400 is is maybe even possible. Mm-hmm. Now, he went 0 for 4 yesterday. Not ideal um, on the quest. Um, so coming into today, there were 56 games remaining for for the Marlins. And Luis Arais was 146 uh, for 387, which translates to a 377 batting average. Okay. So uh, what I did was I took that 56 games remaining, and since Luis bats leadoff, uh, I made the assumption five plate appearances yep. every game. So about 280 plate appearances left on the year. So with his current walk rate of 7.1%, um, basically what he's going to need to do is get 113 more hits uh, over 260 at-bats, mm-hmm. and that would account for 20 walks that okay. go in there, too. And if he did that, he'd be just a, a hair uh, over um, over 400, which would put him for the season at 159 hits, which is a lot of hits. <laughs> 100, really, 159 for the season? That That's what I'm projecting he's probably going to need to hit 400. Wait, wait or, excuse me, 250. Sorry, oh, I was sorry. Say, I yeah, yeah. 159 since I was like, that's not, okay. Yeah, he has 146 And the, and the record already. is what, 262, right? 262, yes. Yeah. So he'd be about three shy of the record. He'd be doing better than Ichiro did in his MVP season. Wow. He, yeah. So it's not impossible. That would be about 412 for the rest of the season. Um, now, if he walks 22 times instead of 20, he needs one less hit. Uh, and actually, if that is to be the math of it all, he would hit exactly 400 for the season if he gets 112 more hits. He would, he would hit Interestingly that. enough, for, for an average guy, he doesn't get a lot of walks. I mean, he walks, but he's not an insane walker. Right. Like, 7.1 is all right? Yeah, it's all right. And and it's and he always out, out walks his strikeouts, which just tells you he has amazing... You know, but a lot of those guys that have such low strikeouts, Ted Williams would be a perfect example, were walk leaders. He was mad if he wasn't the walk leader of the AL. Ted Williams was, and and Luis isn't even in that discussion, which is interesting to me. Yeah, well, you know, we've compared um, off air and on air arise with Edward Julian a little bit. Yeah, and that's one area that I've really been happy to see from Edward Julian is that mm-hmm. um, instead of just trying to foul everything off, which is great, I love that. Um, he doesn't really have the ability like Arise does, so he's got a better eye, um, mm-hmm. and he's walking. I mean, he's got a better on-base percentage, granted in 200 or 250 less plate appearances, but he's got a better on-base percentage mm-hmm. than Arise does. Interesting. I, I mean, I, I he's so much fun to watch. That was probably my biggest disappointment about them training him, is you, you just, every time he came up, you even with two straight, that was one thing I always liked about Joe Maurer, is 
Joe Mott was just as confident with two strikes on him as he was three and zero. You know, you knew that you didn't worry. Whereas some guys, Buxton gets two strikes and you get well, it's at bat. Sano was the king of, oh, he got two strikes. Well, he's there's, he's going to strike out. There's he's not going to. It was rare for him to have a home run on two strikes because they weren't going to give him a pitch to hit. Yeah, but Arise is like, oh, I'll, I'll foul off till you give me a pitch to hit. So today, uh, Philadelphia is in Miami. The game already started. Luis Arise is one for two so far. It's all right. He probably wanted the second hit already, but mm-hmm. if he can pick up two hits a game for like, I don't know, a month straight, yeah, then then he's in realistic territory. Well, and that two hits a game is if you're batting five times, is four hundred and. You know, you throw a couple walks in there, you throw a couple sacrifice flies, that sort of thing. That that would make the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I you know, and and as a as a leadoff hitter, you you he's interesting because he's not going to be the guy that takes eight pitches as a leadoff hitter, which is what he's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But he he sees that you know it, it was perfect. And didn't he see two pitches in the All Star game and two hits? Yeah, he was like, <laughs> I'm I'm not waiting for it. And, and both of them were pitches that you should have swung at, but. You know, Joe Maurer would have taken those as balls or taken them as strikes. He would have, he would have watched those pitches. So just different philosophy. I mean, certainly in the regular season, maybe in the All Star game, he would have gotten a little more aggressive. I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's less consequence for a one pitch line out in an All Star game. Is That's true. And game. also, you know, you're not going to win All Star MVP by sitting there with the bat on your shoulder. Right. Right. You know. I, well, that's pretty interesting. I, I I wish you know I don't see the feed. I usually just see the highlights of him. Batting, that would be one reason to, I suppose I could be online and watch the feed during the night when I'm working here and stuff like that. You know, we were looking at the standings and they seem like they're almost out of it, you know? I mean, the uh, Atlanta has quite a division lead. Um, I would say that they're still in it, uh, the wild card race. They currently have the third wild card spot. They're a half a game ahead of Philadelphia and they're playing them right now so they can. I mean, and probably the only, well, I'm looking at this, probably the only lock maybe is either the Giants or the Dodgers, depending on who wins the division in the West mm-hmm. for one of those spots. Is it two spots or is it three spots of wild card? It's two. Three now. Yeah, three, there's, it there's is three. three. That's yeah. what I thought. Okay. So, so they, they're as good as anybody then for a shot at that third one. Yeah. Or even the second one. And we've seen them by, uh, you know, quote unquote by, I don't know if getting Jorge Lopez is exactly a, a purchase, but but mm-hmm. they went out and got David Robertson, who's probably the best relief pitcher on the market. So, um, they're they're doing some things. How are the Braves sixty seven and thirty six? I do, I just don't understand that. Yeah, I I, I mean, mean that was. I mean, we were talking about the Tampa Bay Rays at the beginning of the season. Now they've, I mean, they're still twenty games above five hundred, but the the Atlanta Braves are just way better. I mean, Acuna is hitting three thirty-five with twenty-four home runs and over fifty steals. They're thirty-one games above five hundred. Yeah, it's they're that's they're, insane. They're pretty good. They walked uh, Otani intentionally today. That game just got started. Um, that's annoying. Otani's trying to chase history. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, that was that's a question. I'm I'm going to do. I want to do a side by side comparison of Otani and uh, and uh, Babe Ruth. I was I was looking at that this week, you know, because Babe had about four amazing pitching seasons. He pitched, I think, six, but some was just his first career. Right. And I thought I want to see what their numbers are when they stack up against each other. So this is a good opportunity to talk about one of the disadvantages of war, actually. Okay. Um. So when you're going to compare Shohei and Babe Ruth, the mm. one thing you want to take into account if you're going to look at war is that. 
there's only so much war in a given season. I can't mm-hmm. remember. It's like 1,048 or something like that uh, in each league. Um, oh, really? Yeah, it's a, it's a finite number, and so it, it gets doled out proportionally. Um, and so Babe Ruth, you know, wasn't exactly playing against the, the best of in the world. No, I mean, he, he wasn't playing in the Negro Leagues. Those guys weren't playing against him. So. Exactly. So because of that, he hogged a lot more war. Sure. Um, because he just was that much better than everybody else. Yeah. Um, so that's keep an eye on that uh, and keep that context in mind. The other thing is, I mean, you know, that, that argument's always going to be out there. The the tools, the the sort of out of season um, uh, nutrition and 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 working out and those sorts of things, just guys just didn't do. So since he was naturally stronger and bigger and stuff like that, that was a huge advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he did work out, but I think he. I mean, well, you know what they did in the off season? They barnstormed. They played baseball in the off season, so they played baseball year round, really. Yeah, you know him and you know Luke Gehrig and some of those guys. But yeah, and also there was a lot less guys playing. Yes, you know, yeah. so so the pool was smaller. Although people would argue now that we've diluted the pool with with thirty teams. I don't know if that's true or not. You know, but even though the the you know we're playing, it's a worldwide game now, and we're getting so many guys from the far east and that sort of thing. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but. It would be interesting to see them as a straight-up comparison because we really haven't had a player that's like Babe Ruth in terms of pitching and hitting and home runs and all that stuff since then. So, Reds have just made a trade. They've added uh, Sam Mull uh, from the A's, one of their better relief pitchers, uh, probably their only good one, honestly. Um, on the A's? On the A's, yeah. So one trade happened while we were on air. Not exactly. What is, it, what is the plan with the A's? Is it just going to unload until they move to Vegas? Is that the plan? or Because did they move there next year? Um, well, they got to get approved first. It sounds oh, like geez. there's uh, problems with the board of government. Like some of the owners think that the A's are getting preferential treatment, quote unquote. Uh-huh. And so it's maybe not a guarantee that they're going to get. They they want to waive the relocation fee. Uh, okay. And the owners are not. Other owners are not happy about that because because they get a cut of that. It all goes to them, right? Yeah, I think it's about ten million each. That oh, geez. On. Yeah. So I think it's a three hundred million dollar relocation fee. Oh, geez. Yeah. So, well, I'd I, yeah maybe I'd uh, veto that too if they want to get rid of that. But the, the other thing is they don't necessarily want to say no to them because what if they want to move at some point? They want those votes on their side too, right? You know, I don't know. Baseball is so different than the other sports because of the different uh, rules that that govern baseball. I do wish we had a little bit more of a salary cap band like they do in football. I think that would bring a lot more parity to baseball, but. Uh, that's not going to happen in my lifetime, probably. So no, because before you see the parity, you're going to see a wage deflation of the the players, and they're not going to ever. Well, exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. Although you know, I mean, y- you got thirty million dollar quarterbacks, so it's a it's a changing economic proposition. You never know. But the the CBA they signed is going to run for a while. So we got about thirty seconds here, uh, and uh, yeah, no big trades. I'm disappointed. I thought we were going to be able to break some news. Yeah, looking ahead, the Twins have, uh, they play St. Louis uh, the next three days at night, which we'll have here on the Mighty 790. And then uh, we go to, well, we have the Diamondbacks at home, which is pretty exciting. We'll see if we can get some wins. I'm Will Thompson along with Kevin Kennedy. Thank you for listening to the Home Report on the Mighty 790 and 104.7 KFT.